What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love. This week, we are going to be traveling to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe from the early 2000s. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce to you the fine gentlemen who help run this podcast. I, myself, am Ben Rayside, your co-host. With us here today is Ethan Westlock. Ethan, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, and I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this movie. Let's let's, let's go. As if I, Micah, <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I I brought a couple things uh, tonight. We show got them our off. show them off. We got our 4K copy of the Raimi trilogy. We got our 4K steelbook <laughs> of No Way Home, and last but not least, we got Spider-Man, Mr. Potato Head from yeah. Spider-Man Three. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we're getting to right now. All right, but. Let's open that portal, boys. Let's hit the hyperdrive. Let's get started and head over to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man universe. Before we get started, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on those sites. It would be greatly appreciated. Let's get into it, boys. sure you want to know the story of my life is not for the faint of heart if somebody said it was a happy little tale if somebody told you i was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world somebody lied thank god for you peter you're the only family i have there's only one man who's always been there for me i chose my path you chose the way of the hero in spite of everything you've done for them eventually they will Whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. All right, gentlemen. Spider-Man. Do you have any notes for this one? Because I, I happen to have right. a couple notes. <laughs> All right. Yes. I've got notes, not as many as you guys have. You guys took <laughs> copious notes, but I also made the outline. So, but I don't worry. I have my thoughts. Believe me. But going this into is, this movie, yeah, yeah, going into yeah. this movie, how do you guys feel? I mean, okay, so this is a, clearly a movie that has a lot of history behind it. This is the first movie where I really think that you know, like people have seen this movie. A lot of people have seen this movie, so it kind of has ingrained itself in its culture and. You know, X-Men kind of started the Marvel kinda. movies. Blade was more vampire, but this really kick-started. I mean, it was the most successful uh, movie at the box office this year in 2002 at the time. And it, like, I mean, it was, it had a, a budget of $180 million. And it made $860 million, which warrants enough for umpteen sequels. Oh, I mean. yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously... It's a really good movie. I don't know how you feel about it, Ethan. Oh, I 100% agree. Like, you guys were with Blade 2 last week. I'm confident this is the best movie we've watched so far on the rewatch. Highest and budget, highest gross. It's insane. Yes. And, like, it's so hard to watch this movie from a critical standpoint because <laughs> everything is just so ingrained in you as a movie watcher. I just grew up watching this movie. My earliest, one, one of my earliest memories in life is this movie, seeing it. On TV, my mom was switching channels on our tube TV in our old house in North Aurora, and <laughs> oh, I beautiful. saw Spider-Man. It was the the uh, the World Fair 
or the yeah that World scene United, Goblin the, attacks, yes, yeah. yep. that scene and just to this day I remember so we moved houses when I was four so before I was four I remember this this movie and it's just it's so ingrained well that's something I want to get into because I want to ask you guys what your personal history with Spider-Man is because I think I mean if you're a dude who grew up in the 2000s as a kid you know who Spider-Man is. Surrounded and you've by Spider-Man. His shows. Right. So, Micah, what, as far as shows go, as, sh- as far as movies go, what was the first thing you remember seeing? Take us through that timeline of your history with this character. Yeah. So, my earliest memory, my, my earliest vivid memory of Spider-Man in general was in the car. We had those those TVs that go on the back of the headrest. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I had this copy of Spider-Man 2. That was a copy that we wore out because we brought it into the car so often and we, I mean, you don't wear out CDs, but it gets scratched enough of from course. taking it out, putting yep. it in, all that stuff. So that, it, it's a movie that I know the back of my, like the back of my hand. I know Spider-Man yeah. 2 so well. And then, uh, or at least in a general sense. Yeah. Because I saw it so long ago and I watched it that many times, such a long time ago. I, I don't think I can quote very many things from it, but I can... Picture the entire plot line. That's how that's how these Spider-Man movies play out in my head. These old nostalgic movies for me. And for Spider-Man in general, um, I love Spider-Man. I, I you know I was one of the kids who had the Spider-Man onesie. Nice. Uh, I had nice. The, the Spider-Man costume. I had um, tons of McDonald's toys from the from the 2007 uh, Spider-Man three run. I had I, I've got my Spider-Man Mr. Potato Head. Man, I like. Spider-Man is... Oh, I also had... Uh, my grandma would get me comics. Oh, So okay. that was... Those were my only comics growing up. I had Spider-Man and then a couple Fantastic Four. So those were my only... I never read them, but... <laughs> did you ever watch <laughs> like any the pictures. Did you ever watch any of the cartoons? No, I didn't grow up with any uh, cable or anything. I watched WTTW, oh, okay. so... <laughs> I was right there I got the PBS Kids. Like 12, <laughs> where kids can be kids. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> did you watch any of the Spider-Man so cartoons? what did I watch? I watched... I watched X-Men some, more. Yeah. Okay. The '90s yep. cartoon, you know, yep. I'm familiar with that. Yep. I didn't like watch it really religiously, but uh, when I was younger on Netflix, I mean, this isn't like super young because when did Netflix become relevant? I was probably around ten, but they had the '60s Spider-Man cartoon on there. The old, the old, one. old OG, and they had Spider-Man and Friends with, I think, Star Girl and Iceman. <laughs> yes. And uh, I watched all of those. Yes. So I've seen all that, and of course, I've seen Ultimate Spider-Man, and. And these movies, and that Garfield movies, and I mean, the rest is history. They're still going to this day. So I'm weird. I did not grow up with these films. I just watched these three films this summer, actually. This was my You'd first never time seen wa- them before? I, I never wanted to. I wow. never wanted wow. to. And it was a willing choice, because when I grew up and started really getting into Marvel, Ultimate Spider-Man was a thing. That mm. was my first real, like connection with the character and it's a, a weird show like it's not solely a spider-man show you have your episodes with only spider-man but you know like white tiger power man nova you know they're all together with him iron fist um but then i saw the andrew garfield spider-man mm. movies because that was right along that time those were the first spider-man movies i've seen mm. so they kind of have a soft spot they kind of went down on my list this year when i did the rewatch because you know i can i I looked at them critically instead of as a kid watching him swing around the city. But 
I just watched this movie recently over the summer, so I don't have the nostalgia really, yeah. that you guys have for it. Now, I will say I recognize the memes of this movie and the potential <laughs> there because that is all over and clearly evident in all of pop culture. I mean, it's referenced a million times in No Way Home. But I'm going to try and look at this a little bit more critically. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely put on the critical lenses. And yeah. I, I'm looking at this movie because I never listened to the dialogue, really, when I was growing up. I never paid attention to the story, really. I was like, oh, green guy bad, red guy good. But <laughs> um, for for me growing up, I never watched the – I know that they came out when we were what? In 2012 and 2014. For, no, no, for uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I was the yeah. opposite. I never watched Amazing Spider-Man growing up. So, okay. So uh, I was the opposite. I watched Amazing Spider-Man 1. I'm still waiting on 2 for our – for our watch through, so you, you've never seen Amazing. I'm Spider-Man keeping it. Too. I'm keeping it fresh for our oh. for our view. <laughs> be a couple years. I'm yeah. Looking forward oh no, to no, that one's that one's coming up <laughs> sooner, right? That should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like uh, still a long time. But. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be a while, but yeah. I don't. I mean, this movie is. This is my third time seeing it, and I I watched this by myself. It's the first time watching it by myself too. And I was surprised to find for the first time that it is so heartfelt. Mm. It is the closest I've felt to any of the Marvel movies we've watched so far. And, I mean, it's... Toby has his acting problems, and we're going to get into it because I definitely think that needs to be addressed. And I think I figured out what it is that's wrong with it. I can never pinpoint what the critiques were until this viewing. I was like, okay, I can see that. I can see that. So... Yeah, I'm I'm excited to delve into the acting and but am I wrong in saying this is one of the best written Oh yeah Spider-Man yeah, like absolutely. any Marvel movie? So that's the even th- so far. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you compare this story, not the acting ability, not the CGI or special effects, but the story to the amazing Spider-Man or the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And it is just so comic book accurate. Like you can tell Sam Raimi was like, all right, how can I cram as much accuracy into this minus the uh, web shooters um mm-hmm. into this movie and it's just i mean he has harry osborne he has mj he has norman osborne like you don't see that in modern day spider i hope to see it one day in the mcu but this is like this is ripped straight out of a comic book mm-hmm. and that's what i think fans were so like it's what appealed to general audiences because the characters so relatable but it also appealed to hardcore fans who were like this is just this is something else. <laughs> yeah, and it plays, watching it, it plays just like a comic book would. Things are introduced, and the direct next scene, seconds later, the result of that scene mm. happens. You have an idea spawned in this scene, then seconds later, the action is taken in this scene. Like, they waste no time jumping into this movie. I was tracking when all the major beats at. So 10 minutes and 26 seconds into the movie, Peter, Man, right? <laughs> Peter is bit. That quick into the movie. And that's counting all the opening credits. So maybe seven minutes of movies. Yeah, I we... did. <laughs> I wanted to mention that because this plays like an old film, man. Oh I mean, yeah, you have. This is the op- first movie in our in our list as an opening credits. And it's like this is two thousand two, guys. Like an opening credits scene because of Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi but is. Can a, you yes. can you complain with Danny no, Elfman's no, score? No, dude, no, I cannot. And even with the the imagery that we get to see in that, that was sick. He's putting on the webs, man. That's. And it only gets better from here. They yes. the the animations. Um, yep. I'm I'm, to, I'm torn between Spider Man three and Spider Man 2's intro. I'm two. thinking two is the best. Two is my favorite. Because it sums that I up remember. sums up Spider Man one. 
and it's just beautifully drawn yep. and illustrated and yeah but can we uh let's let's start yeah. going through this chronologically man because like what other way what other way to go through because there's nothing about this movie that i would say eh, let's throw it out like i think every scene has a purpose to it yeah there, there might be one or two little scenes, but it's to set up the next scene. Mm-hmm. And you can't have the next scene if you don't have this one scene. Like, the, there are two or three different spots where uh, Peter, I wanted to say Toby, where Peter... You can uh, say Toby. Yeah, yeah. All right, where Toby <laughs> meets up with Kirsten <laughs> yeah, and right. uh, outside of the diner. So there's two scenes like that. But you can't have the second one that leads up to the kiss without the buildup from the first one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you have to have both of those in there. So yeah, uh, let's let's just dive right into this thing. Let's start from the beginning. So we got we got Danny Elfman's score, which is starting out. The, the I think this is the first real iteration, as I said before in the Blade the podcast. First. This is the first main theme that is just so recognizable. I mean, he did the theme for Batman in the eighty nine, which is iconic. I mean, that is the definitive bat. You ask anyone, that's the definitive Batman. And you music. you still even hear the Batman theme a little bit in this theme. I will say the the Batman music by Michael Giacchino is I think the closest to come. Hans Zimmer did a great job, but as far as like how iconic it goes, I think Michael Giacchino comes the closest. But that's Batman. We're talking about Danny Elfman's Spider-Man score, and his theme is just absolutely recognizable. I'm ashamed that they didn't bring it back. I mean, they did for No Way Home, but just in one scene. I wish they would have used it a little bit more, but. That's, that's no way home. This, I mean, they, okay, so you start off and they're in the, they're, they're going to the class field trip. Yes, they're on the class field trip. Harry gets dropped off at the school. You get the first interaction between uh, Norman and Harry. So let's stop right there. Who do we have in that scene? We got James Franco. This is his first major role. His first major role. He was it. He started in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, and he was in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he was in it. This is his first. T, uh, non-TV, because he was in tons of TV movies and many series and things like that. But he only started acting in 97. So by the mm. time 2002 came around, he's only been That's in, like, yeah. Not he's only been in a things. couple of things. So this is James Franco's start. Like, this is the beginning of James Franco. And then we look at Tobey Maguire. And That's one of his first things, too. We also we also and then we got about Kirsten Dunst. And we got... We got... Yeah, Defoe. We we'll can't forget about Willem Dafoe, who oh, is, is an, so... He's a veteran, man, Dude, at this point. he's so good in this movie. As, I think maybe it's because of No Way Home that just elevated it I, for me. I one, paid attention a lot more. 100% agree. Elements in No Way Home, like, elevate this performance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just out of the... It uh, emphasizes different points. Yeah. So, it, if you weren't paying attention to No Way Home to... Or, if you paid attention to No Way Home to... Um, Green Goblin's mannerisms and how he talks to himself and the things that he does in there and like his poses and things, they all come straight from this movie. Mm-hmm. But you don't pay attention to him in this movie, the first run through. And then they really just emphasize it and make it so much more important to his character. Yeah. And I love that. I didn't know that he, when he flies into No Way Home and he says, Can the Spider Man come out? Yes. I didn't know that he said this in this in movie. The, and I was like, On the phone? No way. Because I didn't grow up with it, all right? Don't shoot me. But <laughs> like, can the Spider Dude, if I knew Spider-Man. that and he said that in No Way Home, I would have been going crazy. It, like, oh my uh, gosh. Just that's the so elements. Cool. Like, it's bizarre how just No Way Home has elevated this movie. Because even going back to the first time seeing this, I never viewed uh, Norman Osborne as a uh, 
split personality character. Yeah. I always viewed him as this pure evil guy who's hiding his evil motives from everyone else. Yeah. But No Way Home really opened my eyes to, you know what, this guy does, he is fighting his inner goblin. He doesn't want to be this evil way. So it like, ele- it elevates this movie as No Way Home did. It elevates Yeah, really, it's a, it's a Morbius reference all in all. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I want to go, like, you said that he, he has a split personality. You start, at the very beginning, he goes up and he meets Peter Parker for the first time. And he, like, he, him complimenting Peter Parker is, like, some of the best scenes in this movie. Like, when he's, when he gets in the middle, when they're at Thanksgiving, and he's like, I, I can make a few calls. You know, I can get you a job at Oscorp. And he's like, yeah. no, thank he you, He respects sir. him. They I want to make my own way. And he's like, I, I love how that. long it I takes for that. both of them to realize that they're each other's enemy. Spider-Man mm. doesn't, re- Peter Parker doesn't realize that Green Goblin is Her- uh, Norman Osborn until the very end when he the takes off the last scene, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And Norman only finds out at that Thanksgiving dinner uh-huh. at, when he puts things together because he's got that cut on his arm. Did you know that in the comics he was not the Green Goblin was not supposed to be Norman Osborn? They teased him and his character for many years and issues that who was behind the mask because they never revealed it. Huh. And um, Steve Ditko and Stanley Stanley had a falling out because of it. Steve so Ditko left. Stanley right. always envisioned it being Norman Osborn, right? Because that's he just felt like the clues led that way, but. Yeah, I think it was Steve. Steve Ditko didn't, he wanted it just to be a random person, which well, that totally would have been, he, like Stan Lee was like, hey, that's going to be anticlimactic. Yeah. And it's like years of mystery building up it to It should have been so on a long way, yeah. Yeah. And this movie kind of captures that. I, I really loved how they did that. They, and so, yeah, yeah they, the whole movie, you know, if you weren't, if, if you didn't know that, I mean, how could you not know that he was Green Goblin to see it, but Peter <laughs> would not have known. Peter yeah. would not have known. Right. Uh-huh. You can look at those clues. There were no clues for Peter to, to latch onto, really. So Until the end. He keeps his... Because they yeah. are separate people, pretty much, in his brain. Agreed. And I, I want th- this... So, this brings me to one of my critiques with the film. As in, all of the actors are too old. They're, so? they're too old for who they're playing, as in high school seniors. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're that's obvious. Yes, <laughs> but that is like it. Everyone just overlooks it. But it's it. That's why, in my opinion, Tom Holland is the best because he looks the part. But Toby does look young he, in this, though. Yeah, there's certain there are certain scenes, but like the the, the museum the museum their their teacher. He looks he there looks, and same age. Same if not age. younger. If not yeah. younger. And like, here, I want to highlight the, the bus scene because we skipped over the opening shot of the movie. You have Peter Chase in the bus. Dude, there's a scene later in the movie where the bus driver does the same thing. But he doesn't even stop this time. Yep. I, the, you see the bus driver grinning. He is totally out against Peter too. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this movie except <laughs> Harry hates Peter. I love how the world is against Peter in this. Well, that's something they carry through with the next films. Yeah. And with... In telling Spider-Man stories, you have to have that. He can't mm. be have this support system around him. And I know that's the main criticism of him in the MCU. You have Tony Stark, who is supporting him, giving him the suits. They, of course, corrected that now. Um, but that you have to have Peter have hardships throughout all of his stories in order to be compelling because that's what makes him so compelling. Mm. I was going to set this question out to you guys. But what do you think makes... Peter Parker, or the character of Spider-Man, 
so compelling to people because he is since he was introduced in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, everything about the character. He is a kid. He's just like us. Us three right here. We can all look at Spider Man and relate to him. Nerdy kid has no friends. Is antisocial. Can't can't talk to people. Uh, has a huge crush on this girl. You know. Then he gets bit by a radioactive spider. The what what kid wouldn't dream of? Just randomly getting superpowers. Plus, he appeals to the to the audience of the comic books, you know, teens. Plus, they're like nerds, right? <laughs> so, True. yeah, nothing wrong with being a nerd, by the way. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the next, the they go throughout the museum. He gets bit by the spider. There's the their teacher has a really cringy line. He's like, uh, Oh, I got to I got to run. Do down. you have the line? Yeah, I think I wrote it down too. Um, it was he go no here I got it right here. What's going on? The next student who talks will the fail this course. Who talks? I kid you not. Will fail this course. I kid you not. It's like that line delivered. Like so, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. How cringy it was. But watching this now, it's hilarious. It's totally a teacher I, thing to do. I love it's a it. teacher thing to do. Well, just the way he delivers the last line is like, I kid you not. You, you were talking through that man's entire presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's so good. Teacher is great. Do we come have a wait, wait, come see me after class and we'll talk about paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you look up his name? Why does he talk like so that? So we can give him the credit he deserves. I have no yeah. idea. I Find that guy. He, there's like th three confront confrontations he has during that uh field trip. He just pulls different people aside just for talking during a field trip. What are you supposed to do? You know, the two teachers in Far From Home Shan Omar Huey. Do okay. they give his name? Oh, is it just teacher? A teacher? <laughs> Dang it! He didn't get a name. He, he played an epic. Oh, he's teacher. been in nothing. He, he was only in Spider-Man, pretty much. So mm. that sucks. Well, after this, Pete goes home. Oh, then no, no, first we're introduced to Mary Jane. Mary Jane. In we do need to cover yeah. some that's very. That's very true. So comedic fashion. Yeah. So we see awkward, we man. see some back awkward. and forth um, where. Peter Parker is sharing some cool trivia about spiders, <laughs> and then uh, Harry turns around and uses it as a pickup line, or, you know, to impress the cute girl MJ. And he's like, yeah, do you know that spiders can camouflage themselves? Yeah, it's a Harry, defense mechanism. I'm going to say this now. Rest of movies aside, I am a Harry Osborne fan in this movie. I'm I am too. He's awesome. Him. Yes. One of the things I noticed watching it was that he actually plays the part of his son really well. Like, he almost looks and acts like Willem Dafoe. Like, oh, yeah. Really, like... That must have been why they got him. Because well, he's, a, he's a nobody at this point, pretty much. He's only been in TV shows. I would I assume. But, like, I never noticed it until now. Watching yeah. it twice. Like, how well he portrays the son of Norman Osborn. Like, the way he talks, the way he looks, his mannerisms. It's all good, man. So I'm with you. He's even I think three he has his best moments, even though there's problems with Spider-Man three. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more towards the end with uh, sequel yes. talk. But yep. <laughs> with with Mary Jane, we are introduced to her, and she's like just this girl that Peter and we can tell Harry likes as well. But Harry knows that Peter likes him. He said that you know he's had a crush her. on him, on her since the fourth grade. <laughs> Not him. I've had a crush on you, Peter. So oh. No, no, no. Peter's had a crush on MJ. Yeah, let me clarify that. Peter's had a crush on MJ since like the fourth grade. So this begs the question, why would Harry break the bro code? 
That's a you guys that's familiar a with the bro great code? question. I am very familiar. Let me let me say this though. Peter had so many chances. He says so in this movie. Can, yep. Do you know exactly how much time passes in this movie from start to finish? Is there any way you can look that it's up? Like Two hours months. and not more, more than months. I think it's a couple years. Because this is a graduation. No, no, not a couple years. I think it's at least a year. It's not because he it's would have to get into college. Year. He gets into college the next year. Okay. He's in his freshman but year college. A lot of time passes during this movie. Right, because there's a Thanksgiving scene, so it oh, has yeah, to Thanksgiving. be at least. Yes. So, so that would be in his first semester of college. So it's maybe give or take a year. I would say from from uh, fourth uh, from second semester to the next first semester. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Spring and there's no fall. snow yet, so it's like spring, spring to fall. Spring yep. to fall. I would no. say spring to fall. Harry, like he given, he's given Peter so much. Since and, the fourth grade. And isn't, isn't bro code. Harry even if, says that. If uh, your homie dated the girl, you I'm don't date sure her. But it's because, also if they're interested. But Peter has been so interested thing. in her for so long. Is there, is, is there a think, specific rule in the bro code that says that like specifically like, like why I, I think that if they if they were to follow the bro code a bit more it would be harry would help peter more yeah. you know yeah. but he straight up the first interaction we see with harry and mj in this movie is harry's trying to steal her mm. what well, no i think i view that dynamic as because the scene before or the same scene actually you have uh harry trying to tell peter Go talk to her, man. That's true. And then Harry proves his point that Peter has the ability to talk to her by going to her using the okay. exact line that Peter used and seeing that it peaked. Oh, yeah. And then he gave interest. him that look. He gave him that look. He was yes. like, yeah. he's like, he's like, hey, Pete, this stuff works. You just need the confidence to do it. Mm. And, and that's I think what he doesn't have. That's yeah, a big theme throughout it. the movies, yeah. too, is, is being able to build that confidence to talk to MJ. Mm. What do you guys feel about MJ's character as a whole? So there's a lot of um, discourse online about whether Peter deserved MJ or whether MJ deserved Peter. So what do you guys what do you guys feel about that? So MJ always dates um, people stereotype them as the one who's like powerful or in charge or has some sort of um, wealth. So he da she dates Flash, she dates Harry, she dates um, uh, J.K. Simmons. So we'll get we'll get into yep, we'll get into yep, J yep, Jonah yep. Jameson later, but J dates J.K.'s J.K. Simmons' uh, son in the third one, second second one, engaged actually, engaged yeah, and then finally Peter. So dates Spider Man, an astronaut, a bajillionaire, and the school bully, football jock. So yeah. like, what what do you guys feel about that? Does uh, does Mary yeah, Jane only like him for being Spider Man? I, I'm just like so. Mary Jane as a love interest is is fine, and I do think that my boy Tobey Maguire deserves so much better than Mary Jane. Yes. Not that I completely hate her. I think at some point she's a good character, but even in this movie, this movie, like I knew that at the end of every movie, or these three Raimi movies, they put her as the damsel in distress. But in this movie alone, three times it happens. Yeah. The World mm -hmm. Unity Fair, the uh, the muggers in the alley, and then at the very end again with the goblin. Very much damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah, they just they didn't know how to write her, and even just her comic variant, which she, yeah, she is, she was considered one of the most interesting female yep. characters in comics up till that point. She's uh, completely different than 
any other she's female character. They've she's so much better in in Marvel's Spider-Man, the game, the video game, the PS4 yeah, game. Yeah, she is. Except she's when a you reporter on her missions. Yeah. Then it gets kind of boring. Her, but... her story her story's good. <laughs> no, her story is good. Yeah, because yes. she's a reporter. <laughs> she does anything to get the scoop. She's, you know, she's awesome. Yes. She's a character that you're interested in learning more about. And this one, I mean, you can learn more about her home life, but... They kind of drop it after this movie. I, they, I don't like Mary Jane in this movie, I, or in any of them, honestly. I think Emma Stone, I think even the girl from Homecoming, oh, I forget, Liz, and um, MJ Watson are all better. I think she's bottom tier, man. I do mm. not like Mary Jane. Liz, uh, Vulture's daughter? Morbius? Yeah, the daughter he doesn't care about. <laughs> Maybe it all is connected. Morbius. <laughs> This is in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe. I agree. It's definitely, the definitely out of live-action love interest. I, she's, she's the worst. Bottom tier. Like, I even think Gwen Stacy in uh, Spider-Man 3 is a little more compelling. Yeah. Just because they, they kind of do make her the Mary Jane type from comics. She's just so boring. And bland. And yeah. bland and just... They, just like, they didn't know how to write her. It, it is... Yeah. It, it It's always a, a cliche when... Ever they they can never write aspiring actors in movies. The only like I, I feel like every time there's an aspiring actor in New York City in a movie, it's so cheesy. But like leave oh, my boy Joey Tribbiani out of this. Who's that? <laughs> like, I don't even know who that is. Uh, Dude, cuts. He's from Friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, well, I if you've friends. seen Friends, then you're. I mean, it's a great show. I mean, a, a popular show. I, yeah, I won't watch. I highly an disagree on the Friends yeah, uh, being I, good. Yeah, so. I won't. I won't watch an episode. But yeah, <laughs> um, I, they they make her a, a more fleshed out character in other movies. We'll we'll talk about that in the other movies, of course. But as for this movie. Um, I think she gets the job done for what we need her to be, which is a damsel in distress love interest who causes tension between the two main characters. Hmm. I think it just really stands out now because they they know how to give uh, female leads a lot more to do. And yeah, that's like back then. Back then, who this are our female leads? Let's look back at our at our other movies. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so Howard the Duck. She definitely has a lot more screen time than um that's true. than what's her name in X Men. Um, Jean yeah, Grey. but Jean X-Men, Grey. X-Men's kind of different because it's like a team-up movie, you know? We like, talk about the two Blade films, you know? They're, those there are really hasn't great. been a compelling female character in that. I mean... They did a good job making them strong in the Blade movies. Yeah. Or in the second one, at least. Mm-hmm. The first one, not so much, but the second one, they improved on, on the female But lead. as far as development goes, I think they do give MJ more than we've seen other female leads get because yeah. you get yeah. her abusive, so far her abusive father and her struggle with acting you that's know true. that's already more character yeah we haven't seen something like that before but they in don't marvel movies ever like expand upon that they kind of do with the acting in the sequels but they they drop the the father subplot they, they give that an excuse for her to be so desperate to find love to always be in a relationship that's like her whole thing is she's she needs a relationship to fill that that role in her life and mm-hmm. um i don't know maybe maybe we'll find hits of that later but that's just what i'm getting right now all right so, because she always came to Peter when she was hurt from, yeah. she she walked out with the trash bag, or when Toby was walking out with the trash bag, when her dad was yelling at her, and then, um, yeah, we'll see that in more uh, in the future sequels, too. Like, so. yeah, you, your question was, does Mary Jane deserve Peter? Yes. And I don't necessarily know, but the fact that Peter unconditionally loves her 
just shows Peter's character. Yes. And mm. ultimately how a boyfriend and husband should be. Yep. So Absolutely. I do like that aspect for it. You know what character I do like, though? Two characters I do like. Let's do one. What's the first one? Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Aunt May and Uncle Ben. You want to start with Uncle Ben, the legend? Yeah, let's start with the legend. He's got less screen time. So he is, uh, to describe Uncle Dude. Ben's character, he is a a just recently let go 35-year electrician mm-hmm. who is struggling to find a new job because everything's with computers, and he's not a computer guy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how they kind of set it up. <laughs> Which is strange that they're having co- like they're they were complaining about computer problems since two thousand two and they're still doing that now. <laughs> I know. Twenty years later, even the computers need analysts now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I just think he is the great. I mean, he has some of the most emotional scenes. It's why I really connected to this movie for my first watch. He is so good. His, I mean, we won't. I won't get to the the best scene in the movie yet, but he's. <laughs> I like what Toby he co- he comes in that that scene where they're intru- where they introduce Aunt May and Uncle Ben. They're talking about their problems, and he goes and he's like, "Peter, dinner's on the table. Yeah, I don't feel good, Aunt May. I'm gonna go to bed." He just walks upstairs. <laughs> like that line is such an awkward line <laughs> delivery. Like it's I laughed out loud when I. But have you guys ever been? I, I think that the delivery in the first half was excusable because he is this awkward teen and doesn't have his powers yet. Mm-hmm. And when you guys are sick, you ever? Think about how you're talking. No. You don't talk no. very emphatically. I'm trying to go to bed. I'm trying yeah, to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm going to bed. I've definitely had those days. And I've days. definitely never been bitten by a radioactive yeah, spider. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had those days before. Also, also to go back to the being bitten by a spider, he would not have been bitten if he wasn't taking a bajillion pictures of <laughs> yeah, MJ. Right. Oh my gosh, those pictures <laughs> were so awesome. For the school paper? <laughs> Dude, those are the worst pictures. I want to see those. They, you know they have them somewhere. Dude, someone He's, probably has them like... As well, an auction. The spoiler alert for the Spider-Man 2. You do see one of those pictures on display. In his do you really? Yeah. I yep. didn't catch that. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. But, but her poses, she's like... I know. It, <laughs> they're so bad. I can see Peter <laughs> thinking he's so smooth, though. He's like, oh yeah. Harry thought I didn't have the confidence, but you know what? I'm going to use... Look this. at me now. <laughs> Watch Don't make me, me fly. look ugly. <laughs> That's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good though. But, yeah, so so you can be super critical of the lines, but how else would you word those? If you're a if you're a senior in high school who's awkward already, like I feel like those are the best lines for that guy. Okay, no, I'm not I'm I not think criticizing those lines. Yeah, yeah. But we, we make fun of the of the lines like it's impossible to make you you know and and also the <laughs> I love that no, nice see, I reflexes. Love that. And then he doesn't say anything. And then he's like, oh, did you... Blue eyes. I had never noticed that without your glasses. And he still doesn't say anything. Because he's just in so much shock. Right. He's like, look, I just I just saved you. Isn't that so cool? Like, I saved your lunch. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And I... I, yeah. I will defend the dialogue in this movie all day. All right, perfect. Because I've got a scene that I don't know if it can be defensible. Which one? Which one? Uh... Uh, so I don't know if we want to get, th- I don't know if we want to save it cause we're going, we can, we can still do, um, we can still do characters. All right. So, yeah. Aunt so, May. You want to talk about Aunt May? Yeah. Aunt or, May. Uh, still, uh, Uncle Ben. I, yeah. We'll wait till we get to the, the okay. scene. Yeah. Cause we'll talk um, about those. But scene. no, Aunt May is great too. You can see her supporting Uncle Ben. Hey, listen, you're a hardworking man and me and Peter both love you. And she's just so, the perfect supporting what, like, oh my gosh. 
And all throughout these movies, dude, Aunt May is like the greatest motivator to Peter. She gives him the greatest advice yeah. when she's on her bed and she's talking to Peter about Mary Jane. And, oh my gosh, she's so good. They knocked those two castings out of the park. De oh, definitely, yeah. definitely agree. And I don't know, you see her grow. It's just hard for me to praise on this performance. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But just it gets so much better in yep. the next movies too. So, uh Especially the delivery she... of lines for these guys too, for both aunt and uncle. Yeah, they're they're so natural. Yep, the dialogue is so natural for everybody. I feel a little bit less on Tobey Maguire, but we'll get to that. <laughs> right, but he feels like a nice grandpa dude that I would. I, I can see my grandpa <laughs> exactly. being exactly it's like so him. relatable. Michelangelo, don't forget to <laughs> don't forget paint the kitchen don't tomorrow. Paint the kitchen or after dinner. Yeah, well, which is like. Don't Let's start with me. Let me just say that. It's mad impressive because when he says we're painting the kitchen, I look behind. The, the kitchen's like green, all of it. Yeah. And then the next day, Peter comes home. The whole kitchen is, is uh, I think it's orange now. Yeah. And there's no tape or paint. I mean, you see a paint can on the... Uncle Ben like, went But hard, he went right? crazy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Michelangelo's <laughs> uncle, man. <laughs> <laughs> the net, what's the next scene, right? He wakes up. He wakes and, up? And yeah, he's let's got talk a, about he's that. He's got a uh, big I've change. got a whole page for... First day with powers. So let's talk about that yeah. um, that transition scene. So we um, we slowly they trickle feed us all of all of Spider Man's powers. So what's the first thing that he realizes he doesn't need anymore? Glasses. Doesn't need his glasses, and you can immediately see his uh, and his abs <laughs> and his abs. Yeah, which it's crazy how like the evolution of superhero <laughs> abs have changed. Yeah, because like. Are those? They almost. They looked a little fake. I don't know. They look. They all, no, no. Those are his. He worked out. Yeah. Did he? Okay. He worked out. He's just like still a scrawny dude. <laughs> Which is yeah. Like keep that. I'm, yeah. I don't want Spider Man to be it's some not beefy Thor, Thor He's figure. Not Thor, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the one thing about Peter and the the '96 animated series is he is this like big, handsome yeah. looking football <laughs> linebacker type character. That's not Peter Parker. No, it's not. No, they get him good. He's also got a big change. Big change, big know? changes, big changes, man. And like he, that he, he, then he leaves and he does some weird walk across <laughs> the stairs, like not across the stairs, across the freaking wall. Yeah. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa! I thought you were sick, buddy. <laughs> I got better." Yeah. He's like teenagers and their raging hormones. Right. <laughs> Dude, that was. That's the thing. I've grown to appreciate the the cringe. In this it's movie. not cringe though. Like that's what someone would say. What I don't know if I would. These movies I don't know are, if though. I would do that as far as like go down the stairs. But that that's what I'm saying. Like the, oh, that yeah, yeah. aspect of it. I was like, okay. The first time I saw it, I was like, what am I watching right now? This, this is the, the weirdest. But I just laughed my butt off when I watched this scene because <laughs> he is. Oh my gosh, it's it's beautiful. But then we get. He's chasing the bus. The. Is it? Yeah. Next is uh, he's chasing the bus. Yeah. Okay. And right. He. Uh, yes. He finds out he's sticky. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, you also get the introduction to like the the Mary Jane. Mm. You get a, the father and the wife beater, and mm. he's yep. yelling at her, and they both walk to the school bus. And this is when I say that the bus driver's out to get him, because unless Peter was distracted by MJ and was walking the completely wrong way, well, yeah, he way, wouldn't have stopped the first time. No. If, if MJ didn't right. stop. Or, yeah. So, and since MJ wasn't on the bus at all this time, instead got on the, the Mustang with all our friends, then, you know, so, um, yeah, the, bu the bus driver yeah, wouldn't have 
that Lord. He's a jerk. Then he goes to school. He does the coolest piece of like save your lunch ever with MJ. Holy crap! I I think it. What did it take? One hundred and fifty five takes. It was something like. So it's actually practical. Oh, it was one hundred percent practical. But that that's a common misconception is how many takes it took. Because one of the I forget the the guy who's in charge of doing that. In one of the interviews, he just flirted out that number. He's like, ah, oh, it took like 170. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's like, it probably took around like a, a good amount, yeah. but I don't think the number was quite that high. They did it with, by making each thing sticky. Yeah. Because there, yeah. I don't know if there's a way you could do that naturally, but they made that, the bottoms of them sticky, so when they fall on them, it was, I mean, just a Still piece impressive, of though. Ball. Still impressive. According to this thing, it took 156 it. takes. One off. I was one off. That, I knew it was right around that range. From the misconception. Yes. That's probably from that misconception. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> or maybe it did take him 155 takes. But then he then he beats up Flash in the coolest scene ever. Also, Oh, no, here, no. Webs first. Here's, he finds out he's he's got webs. So the fork sticks to him, and he's like, what? Fork? So oh, what, yeah, what do you guys yeah, think yeah. about the webs? The close-up webs? Hate. You hate them? I, I like the web shooters. I don't, oh, like, like, I don't shooters? like the organic webs. I think that's I weird. think that the organic webs are um I like the uni- the uniqueness of them. Because that's a that's a something that they can they can focus on other things. Yeah. But, it, it's so easy to not hate on it in hindsight because of just everything else that's come from right. that. But yeah, because we've seen is, web shooters. It is since such then. an odd choice because it's weird. It is a big, big deal as web shooters are always an issue. He always has to get more web fluid, and he's struggling. Yeah, and, and they they give his web shooters uh, a problem in two. But they also like they that shows him making his web shooters also shows how smart Peter Parker really is. And I don't think these movies really delve into how smart he is. You get that in the Amazing Spider Man. Like you really know how smart he is. Like with the lizard, how'd you do that? I so, yeah, just, I just thought of it. I don't know, but these movies don't do he that. He spits out a couple facts, and then Sometimes, in, in two, he's like he's top of his class. Yes, we working do. directly oh, oh, with. In uh, the first one, uh, shows that yep. he's he's head of the chess team too. So like he's smart. He's with all the nerds and stuff. When he graduates, all right, and he was chess. top of his class. Say <laughs> <laughs> <So> chess. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, he had a he had a couple things. But no, they definitely plot. make him a smarter character in yeah. two. With they Doc give Ock. they give they him do... enough things in this movie so you can say okay, yeah, he's but smart. The, but him making the web shooters really solidify how smart yeah. he really is. Uh-huh. He makes the web fluid. He makes the whole thing, the disc, like that's good stuff, man. So it, it adds to his character. I don't know why they chose not to do that in this one. I I just I don't know. But it's always really weird, especially when he tests it out. Go web, go. Shazam. Shazam, and then it, and then and then you get the close up of the fluid coming out, and it's like, ooh, that is disgusting. <laughs> it's just weird. It really makes know. you wonder. Uh, does it come out anywhere else too? <laughs> at, I, I, so it's good to poke fun at it in later movies in No Way Home. Like I laughed my butt off every time they would say. So like, so is that stuff coming out? Like is that stuff coming out of you? I, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's fun to make fun of, but why they do it? You know, I don't know. It, it's a weird I think it really is just so that they can focus on other things because there is, you know, everyone knows that origin story, much like with X-Men. We know these characters. We know because the, the show is popular. The sh- it, Spider-Man is the most popular comic yep. book ever. I'd say he's up there with Superman. I don't know if he's more than Superman. Superman and Batman, he's right there with them. Yeah, yep. he's right there with them. Definitely the most popular Marvel. So 
Um, with that, everyone knows the origin of Spider-Man. Why not switch it up a little bit? Hmm. And this is the... You know, that's one of the it's earlier just so weird because everything else in this movie is no right, for no exactly exactly how they did it in the comics except this web shooter must have been thing. a time issue then must have been you know I think Sam Raimi I think it was I, no it's something. a conscious choice yeah. definitely mm. so I just I don't, I don't know. know I don't I don't hate it as much as Ben does it's a it's weird choice but it's I've I've learned to deal with it. Yeah, but and then, I mean, spiders produce their own webs. You know, you're inheriting true. the abilities. Of Maybe the they wanted to make it more like a spider, like they did with Batman. Oh, here we go. I remember. I, I've seen this interview before. Uh, Sam Raimi said in response to this, he said that it is more credible to have Peter shoot webs out of his wrist than it is for a high school boy to create uh, a wonder adhesive in his spare time that rivals big companies like 3M and anything that makes sticky stuff. Got to disagree with Raimi on this one, man. You think Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker is a super genius that can beat all industrial yes. stickiness? Yes, I do. In fact, he becomes head of his own science division of his own company, Horizon Labs. Like, he is that smart. That's in why... His senior so, year? So, Raimi, no, not in his senior year. Raimi is well, talking about... Senior year. But it starts there. That's where it starts. That's how That's how smart he is at that time. Yeah. Like, And you clearly see it in the movies after that. I just... I don't know. I disagree with that. I, I'll side with Raimi. You know, it's it's his world. He gets to make some creative. It is the Raimi verse. Yep. So. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's an odd choice, but I, I think what yeah. he said makes sense. And I think it is yeah. an insane thing making web shooters. You have people to this day trying to recreate that, and they can't. I know this is a super world, but I think the world that Sam Raimi wanted to create is more grounded than that. And you can make the same argument for Amazing Spider-Man. There, there are aspects of these Spider-Man characters that are different. And now that we know that it's all part of the multiverse, they have to have these differences. Yes. To make them unique. Mm -hmm. So that they can make these different uh, multiverses matter. So, yeah. I think, it's a, I think it was a fair choice for them to... Not that that was what they were thinking back in 2002. Like, oh, in 20 years, yeah, right. we're going to have... Uh, a multiverse, and they're going to meet up with two other Spider-Men. And <laughs> no, the way it all came together is just so baffling. That is true. They've made it just connect so well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, moving on with this first day, we got. Uh, so he just did the. Uh, he just found out he's got webs. Yep. So he shoots that tray, throws it back at Flash. Flash gets laughed at, and then we have the Flash fight. Yep. And that's when we find out about his spider sense, in it, a way. It, like, the CGI didn't age too well, but the scene no. is still really cool. And we haven't really gotten a scene like that since. Except Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2, you get it. But this one makes more sense. I haven't seen it yet. I've got I've to gotta say, there's one shot with Flash's fist that goes right <laughs> past his face. And Peter responds as quickly as if he's got super speed. What? That's a little weird. I think it's just to show the super processing of it all. Okay. All right. Yeah. It was just it's a just little... It's to show that his, his mind is in that speed, even though... Because we see it later when he's when Flash is rapid pu punching. He's not... There's not like blurred lines where he's zooming around, you know? It's not like Flash speed. I will say, that, that scene, though, where he's punching it, it made me feel like I was watching The Flash. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. <laughs> like, that is the kind of the way Wait, that no, they the still Flash. The Flash. The Flash. Oh! Flash Johnson. <laughs> Maybe that's why. It's all, it's all connected. Exactly. It's all connected. It's all that's beautiful. Part of the plan. 
Jeez, Parker, you really are a freak. <laughs> but yeah, you like the spider sense is just so cool and such a cool yes. concept. Yes, and it in, is. In the uh, Spider-Verse comic, they make, I don't know if it's explained anywhere else, but I learned it in the Spider-Verse comic, is what, how, how do you guys think Spider-Sense works? How do you think he can predict things before they happen? Oh, do they say it? Yeah, I just so like a scientific... every, it's like kind of like Kang. Everything is drawn out in the, uh, I think it's called the Master Web or something. Oh, every, yeah, there's a all word the, for it. Yep. All the spider totems, their entire lineage is drawn out in this web. What? And so, <laughs> whoa, that, this is getting deep, guys. Yeah, all that's how the spider sense works is because the web tells them when danger is coming. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really fun, and huh. that the comic, especially, it really plays with time travel. I got a question: Do they ever introduce movie Spider-Man in the comic Spider Verse? Ah, uh, that you've read. So it, they do introduce the Ultimate Spider-Man. From the show. No way. Direct, yeah, directly from it. But, I don't know, not the ones I've read. Okay, all right. But you do see a really close variant to him in the Spider-Verse movie. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's not him. It is not. I heard a yeah. lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, everyone thinks that that is Sam Raimi's Tobey Maguire. It's not. They originally were supposed to do that. Then they switched it up. So. So, yeah, next power. Next power. We get that iconic scene match with uh, the soundtrack <laughs> Boom. Boom. Yes. Boom. Boom. And he's climbing the wall. You get the little tentacles come out of his hair. Oh, yeah. You get to see the little tiny hair thing. Dude. Dude, that scene is so beautiful. And that is our first instance of major long CGI. So how do you guys feel about the full body CGI in this compared to something like Blade 2? Like think about uh, think compared about, to Blade Two, I think. It's oh pretty, yeah, it is it's, better. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like that's the yes. yes. Spider Man was, uh, <laughs> it was critically known for that. So yeah, we talked about the entirety of um, Spider Man's first day, but you know who else's first day that was too? Mm-hmm. Gabby. That's right, Green Gabby. You want to talk about Gabby a little bit, Ben? Yes, um, he is absolutely. The best part of this film, in my opinion. Mm. I don't know if it's No Way Home talking. Undoubtedly. But he, Norman Osborn, portrayed by Willem Dafoe, is just one of the coolest performances ever. Highlighted by his scenes in the mirror, talking to himself. It rivals... I mean, 2002 was also the year that The Two Towers came out for Lord of the Rings. So, big on characters who talk to themselves, you know, back and forth. But his scenes are just... His performance is... The greatest thing about this movie, in my opinion. I love Green Goblin so much. Yeah, not only Green Goblin's acting, but as Norman Osborn. I thought that he gave his all into this character. Mm. I, I thought that his emotions were full-hearted. You know, when he was talking to Peter, they were genuine emotions. I yep. felt those. And whenever he was terrified of Green Goblin, you can feel that terrified nature of him. So, yeah. What about you, Ethan? What did you think of Gabby? Oh, of course I love Willem Dafoe in this role. He he just brings everything to the role, and it's it really is a shame how much of his face is covered in this movie by that by that mask, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But yeah, like the the how fast this movie moves impresses me so much. Every time I sit down and watch this, I'm like, damn, this is only a two hour movie. They fit so much into this. Seventeen minutes into the movie. Uh, Norman becomes Green Goblin. Mm. You know, that, 
They I think no we'll be saying some stuff that. just like this with well, Spider or uh, Multiverse of Madness because people are making that same argument. It's a two-hour movie for Multiverse short of movie. Madness. And, uh, Should it be? I mean, it's a big movie. We, I, mean, I think we're this just is a big movie. This is a big movie. That's true. But they fit a lot now, of stuff in Spider-Man. I, I, I just think we're conditioned to these huge movies coming out in May to be two and a half hours plus. That's my thing. Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, both of those are beefy films. We just got done with Spider-Man No Way Home, which is a beefy film. Why wouldn't this movie... The Batman. That, right? Exactly. Why wouldn't this movie be two and a half plus hours? I think you can make that. But maybe... I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those nice, rewatchable MCU films. And maybe they're trying to do that. Because this has got to tackle some pretty complicated stuff. Mm. And if you do take Sam Raimi's whole resume, it is... The runtime is really close to two hours. Yeah, his longest movie is, what, Spider-Man 3 at two hours and, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, and that's because of studio interference. Yeah. So. Because he he had to put Venom in there. Yeah, Yeah. Sam Raimi knows the stories he wants to tell. He knows how to tell it, and the pacing is what he'll knock down. And you see his full vision in Spider-Man 2. Yep. A perfect execution of just everything that makes Spider-Man good, except for... Certain scenes. That Speaking we, of what makes Spider-Man about. good, let's stay on that one with the stunts. What do you guys think about the fight choreography? Willem Dafoe does ninety percent of all his own stunts. Uh, I mean, really? Uh, then, yeah. yeah, he does ninety yeah. percent of the, the stunts. Because I will have to disagree with you on that one. I, I think his I think the stunts are pretty pretty bad. Really? I think his I think the action sequences, especially the final fight with him punching Goblin. Oh, you are the worst happened for that. I'm not that a, final fight is. It's hold, a good final fight. It's so this emotional. Day. This so is the first fight in in this MCU history here where the main character almost dies. Like he's um, I mean besides Blade 1, but that's that's cuz he was already captured. You know, he gets his blood let and Hold on, don't all that they stuff. almost always die in every movie? Not in the first ones. Not oh, okay, we've seen right, so right, far. Right, yeah, yeah, and what we've seen so far in our in our timeline, this is the first one mm-hmm. where our hero almost dies. Like he is beaten up, he is bloody, he is yeah, he is missing no, punches. Yep, he is. Uh, he's trying to escape. He does the the web pull, and he's knocked right back down. Mm. That was epic, man. This is like the end of No Way Home, but like the origin. Yep. Yeah, I'll say this: like some of the, you're right, some of the action sequences don't hold up at all. But the final fight scene, I which think, ones don't hold up? I think you're completely wrong in that. I think the final fight scene is just still so good to watch. If you watch him throwing punches, I made a note. Did I make a note of it? No. I if you watch those final fight scenes where he's throwing punches at Goblin, I mean, in almost every fight that he has with him, it's shaky cam, and the way he throws his punches are really strange. That's what I thought. I had. I thought that was just because he was just not like he is. He just went through a brick wall. (laughs) He went through two brick walls. But I think that carries out throughout the whole film when he's like trying to punch Goblin, especially at the World Fair. Those Mm. fight scenes where they're trying to punch each other are really not. They don't hold up, in my opinion. Mm. I think if we watch those scenes, it's, I especially at the World Fair, it does not hold up, in my opinion. I was genuinely enter- entertained by the fight scenes. Though. I was I, entertained. I absolutely. I thought that they looked really good, and they were. Uh, whenever Spider Man does a flip, I didn't think it was as good. Like in the Flash fight, the first one. Yep. When he jumps and does like three triple backflips. <laughs> That's good I, stuff. That, and I was like, all right, all right, you know. 
With great co- power comes great responsibility, but do you even know that you have that power to have the confidence to do a triple backflip? <laughs> yeah, right. Like even if I even if I could do a triple backflip, I wouldn't even attempt to. <laughs> so, now I will say this: the scene where he's testing out his power when he first gets it and he runs up the walls and he's jumping through the buildings. I mean, some of those jumping sequences you can tell it's a CGI model, but I think how they transition from the CGI model to him. Yeah, they're actually really well done. Pretty seamless so. compared yeah. to Blade last week. Yes, absolutely. And I that's what I love about the CGI in this movie. They take no like they they don't do it wimpy. They're not like Blade where they have the bright lights. They're far away. Yeah, you can't see them. They give Tobey Maguire close ups in CGI when he's when he gets the suit on for the 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 old suit with the the wrestling suit on for the first mm-hmm. time and he's climbing the walls. And, um, which I think that scene is really cool. Yeah. Still, I think he does still. a great, I think they did a great job with that. It like giving it credit for it being a early 2000s yeah, movie. Of course. I thought it looked amazing and that's yes. what it was praised for at the time too. I, I already said this, but like this movie was praised for its CGI at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause this is, they've never seen a full CGI for yeah. this long before a full CGI model of a person doing that intense flips, flips and, and yeah. things. And it looks not bad. I'll say this. The final swing sequence is still as iconic as it was 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. It's so good. Matching. And it rising. only gets better with these movies, man. Oh, Spider-Man yeah. Spider-Man 3, yep. it is real, man. Yes, Spider-Man 2 is. even, it's real. It's so good. Doesn't the next, isn't the next pretty much the with great power comes great responsibility? Yeah, yeah we want to talk about isn't the, that, that the, night. The scene. Let's talk about that night. So the night starts off. Peter lies to his aunt and uncle because his uncle wants to spend some time with him. So he drives him to the library, um, which was his excuse to go to the wrestling. You need the setup before that. He sees Flash Thompson in his schnazzy car impressing MJ. He's like, dang. That sounds like a lawnmower. Do you guys hear that? (laughs) It sounds like a lawnmower. (laughs) He's like, dang, I got to give me one of those cars. Looks in the newspaper, finds a $3,000 car, or it's a $2,999 car. Wow. And then right under it is the ad. Three minutes for three thousand dollars. So I got three minutes with you. Bone saw is ready, <laughs> dude. That that scene is beautiful. And then you get the introduction, the amazing Spider-Man, Bruce dude, Campbell. Bruce that, Campbell. Yep. So if you guys don't know, yeah, Sam yeah. Raimi's buddy is Bruce Campbell. Yep. He's in every single Sam Raimi movie. So including the new, he was. We'll see. He was something's a little so strange about that. Not strange, including. <laughs> Doctor Strange? Yeah. yeah. He's going to be in yeah. Multiverse of Batman. I mean, you should. It's a yeah, Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, I didn't Campbell. know that. I didn't it's know not confirmed that. yet, but like, it's a Sam Raimi movie. It's going to have Bruce Campbell in it. I, so are I've you saying, seen interviews where he's talked about his cameo coming yeah. up. So he's going to be in it. You guys ever hear the interview oh, where he hypes up his cameo in Spider-Man 2? Or he hypes himself up as the main villain because he doesn't... <laughs> and he's talking about the scene where he doesn't let him into the, the theater. Hey, <laughs> he's saying. the main villain for that scene. That, yep, that throws it down a spiral, the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not that great. The whole... That whole ring sequence, though, isn't that... Not, that for, is it not choreography is awesome. Is it not ripped straight out of the comics? I'm pretty sure. That shot totally happens. Shot. That totally happens in the comics. He goes to the ring. He wants to get money. That he's only given $100 because he knocked him out in two minutes. Also, we get the joke. Um, that's a nice outfit. Did your husband make it for oh, you? I was just about to say that totally one. Totally does not age well at all. I wouldn't, like, dude, 
I wonder what people think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. doesn't Angel? I think that's hilarious. He's man. saying they yeah, wouldn't put like, that in the movie. They oh, would just never yeah. Yeah. Now. I think the joke's still hilarious. Oh, it but, totally is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong there. <laughs> I lo- I left my butt off, but like you would not see that in movies today. No way. Because it's it's making fun of. It's making fun of it. <laughs> what are you doing up there? <laughs> Staying away from you. Staying away from the, the you guys, like Toby's quips in this movie that he has some pretty good. Ones. I They're counted. So I counted uh, four ish, five quips as Spider Man. Yeah, they well that was that's funny that you say that because that's actually one of the critiques of Raimi's Spider Man, and it's why they gave more to Andrew Garfield to, not really to his favor, mm. but he. For the quips he does have in this movie, they're, they're really, golden. They're really, really good stuff, man. I mean, it's it's his first time as Spider Man too. I mean, I guess they have the same for Amazing Spider Man. I don't know. Right. Um, the quips are fine. I love yes. the quips. But we missed it before the whole ring fight. You have the scene with great power mm. comes great responsibility, and even from the first time when I saw this movie, um, it's a Cliff Robertson. Yeah, Cliff Robertson. He, his acting in that sequence, especially after he says, you know, I, I don't mean to lecture and I don't mean to preach. And Peter says, well, then stop. You're not my father. Stop trying to be. And he, the music swells and he looks away down. Like, you feel that. Like, I felt so sad watching yeah, you him. You feel, like his you facial feel Uncle Ben and yeah. he's like, yeah, uh, all right. Well, maybe, maybe next time. That's like what he's thinking. And it's so heartbreaking because there isn't a next time. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, it should make you think, like, even now, like, if there is, like, relationships that you're in, I think the scene is trying to say, if there's relationships that you're in, that there's bad blood between you and other people, rectify that. Because Mm -hmm. you don't know how many, how many more days they will be on this earth. But for Peter Parker, for Spider-Man, it's his most important figure it's his father figure who dies Mm -hmm. now obviously if this doesn't happen you don't get spider-man so Mm -hmm. it needs to happen but it doesn't make it any more heartbreaking and it that i mean that scene is without a doubt my favorite scene in the movie can we talk about the theme of the movie the theme so the theme is with great power comes great responsibility right Mm -hmm. and that theme continues through these three the whole trilogy and it's in relation to different parts of peter's life so in this first movie, it's his origin, so it's going to be about his powers, right? So both Goblin and Spider-Man get their powers at the same time, right? Hmm. And with that power, they have that responsibility to do either good or evil. So we see that. We see yes. on both sides. Okay. I'll talk about the other movies when we get to those. Yeah. But yeah, with every movie. when I, I The last time I rewatched this was um, senior year. I watched all three back to back. No, no, no. Uh, junior year, I watched all three back to back, and one night, and it was <laughs> it is wow. an experience, man. Whoa. Watching all three, just straight in, yeah. Because yeah. wow. once once three comes around, you're tired and you actually get emotional. Like it's good. Because mm. <laughs> there are emotional beats. There in are three. emotional beats in like, three. I three. All right, we'll get to three. yeah. We we'll really get shouldn't get into it, but I like I've got really good things yeah. to say about Spider Man. So I love the relationships between. The characters in this movie. Yes. The relationships yep. are what this movie is about. There's mm-hmm. Goblin versus Peter or, or, versus Spider-Man. There's Norman versus Peter. There's MJ and Peter, MJ and Harry. There's Harry and Peter. There's 
everybody has conflict together or some sort of plot. And that's what I love about this movie is that there is a <clears throat> a web of relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't get that with anyone else. Mm -mm. With this kind of supporting cast, not even Batman or Superman. No. Tell me Batman's love interest. Catwoman. Yeah, right. On, <laughs> on, on and off, right? On and off. Tell me Spider-Man's love interest. MJ or, MJ Gwen. or Gwen Stacy. They're yeah. so iconic for those two roles. His best friend. Tell me Batman's best friend. Robin, not really. It's a sidekick. Yeah. Superman, maybe? No, and, they're enemies sometimes. And that's what X-Men did wrong. Because X-Men has a bunch of characters that all right. have relations together. But which ones do they focus on? They focus on Logan. They focus on Professor X. Yeah. And they focus on Magneto. In this one, all, what, six characters, seven characters they're in the relationships so are solid. Mm -hmm. And the only one that I would say is a bit... Lackluster is only because of time, and that's because yep. Uncle Ben dies, but that's because right. of the whole series revolves around yep. that relationship. And I like how every relationship, even Aunt May and Norman Osborn, is connected. Mm -hmm. At some point everything. in the movie, yeah. everything is all connected, and they all meet each other, and it's like the Thanksgiving scene. That's the one I'm thinking of especially. <laughs> There's a really cringy part when Norman Os she brings out the turkey and Norman Osborne like tries to take it and, and she slaps for the, him yeah. and like he gives her the most menacing look like ever like I'm, I'm watching it I'm like it's uncomfortable for a second yeah he's it's like so she, weird she's like will you do me the will you do the honors and then he's like no no and then he starts sharpening the knife <laughs> like oh what's this guy about to okay. do man. But I like it because it's the tension, the tension that builds you know, during that Thanksgiving. There's scene. color theory in that. There's color yes, theory yes. throughout this entire yeah. movie. Do you know the color theory in this movie? Yeah, the shirts they're wearing yep. yes. at the dinner. Yep. That's the most popular one. But you ever yeah. notice MJ's shirt? MJ's shirt in every scene is based on who she's in love with at the time, too. Mm, really? What? Mm -hmm. See, this, this is great stuff. When I she's this. in the hospital room, she's got... Uh, so blue is Spider-Man. Green is Harry or Norman. And then red is... <laughs> She's in love with Norman? No, no, no. no just like green. So uh, Spider-Man wears the green yes, shirt. Yeah, yeah. So green is uh, either one. And then red is... Uh, Spider-Man? Spider-Man. She was wearing a pink shirt when she was with Flash. So that's kind of... It's just kind of Yeah, because she wears the red dress at the Unity Fair. Yeah. And that's... She like swerves Harry's kiss, and she's in love when Spider Man comes. Yeah. up. Yes. So I guess blue oh would be Peter. Goodness. Blue would be Peter. Red would be Spider Man. I didn't. Know Green this. would be Norman. Yeah. There's color theory all over this movie because, it's, uh, yeah, I, I that's I just love how the subtle things too. It's not just the yeah, not just the writing, not just the cinematography. Yep. Guys, Which I didn't notice awesome. anything bad about the cinematography yep. in this movie. But with the other ones, I was able to point things out. Mm -hmm. And that's not through a nostalgic lens. I want to clear that up. I should have cleared no, that yeah, up earlier. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at this through a critique lens. Like, I was, I, I took tons of notes on this. Because I wanted to be nitpicky about this. I wanted to say, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I loved this movie when I was little. But now it's like, you yeah. know. Uh, it's yeah. not like an, an X-Men. You know? It's not like no, an X-Men. No, it's this definitely is, uh, better. This is still... A quality mm. film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm being like too negative. I don't wish to come off as that because Sam Raimi clearly has a direction. He got to do most of it in this movie. And you can tell there was a lot of effort put in by just about everyone. But my one big critique is Tobey Maguire's acting. Really? That's my one big critique. Yeah. Because, and not because of how he quips or how he is in funny scenes, it's how he is in emotional scenes. Mm -hmm. 
the scene when he's talking to MJ at night before she goes off with Flash. That scene, he does not sell that emotion. Whenever I see him crying, <laughs> I want to laugh. And that is the worst emotion you can have. You I didn't want, feel that. You want to feel that emotion, but when he, when Uncle Ben is dying and he looks like he's constipated, I, I'm taken out of it. I completely disagree with that. I think okay. that his crying is real. I, I, I like not like, it, it's it's good acting crying. Because when you cry over someone who's dead, like dying in your arms, are you gonna worry about what you look like? No. Yeah, you're gonna be ugly crying, man. <laughs> and I think that's I think okay. that's you know how it is. And I'll point to Andrew Garfield cradling Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. I feel that I cry during that scene. But when I see and and when I haven't seen the movie. There's a I would hope you know that. that, happens in that movie. But there's also a scene when he's talking with MJ in the hospital, and he's trying to have this emotional moment with her, but he keeps droning on and saying. He's just the most cringy dialogue. And I just am taken out of it because I'm sitting there and I'm like, he's still going? Holy crap. He's telling this all to Spider-Man? Whoa, what the heck? It's just, I don't think he can sell emotion well because there is a certain, there is to a certain extent, you are going to be ugly crying, mm -hmm. but you're also an actor and this is being put in front of films towards people. I think you need, as as your job, as your baseline job, you need to sell that acting. You know what I did feel, without a doubt, though? After graduation, that line, that, that monologue he had with, or dialogue he had with uh, Aunt May about how he still misses Uncle Ben. No, yeah, that's good. That one was I good. missed him a lot today. Yeah. Yeah. That line hit hard. Yeah. That one was really good. <sighs> I... No, I'm gonna nitpick again. Do I don't. It. I don't want to nitpick. That's nitpick, my nitpick. thing. There's still more stuff. <laughs> good stuff to talk about. Yes, we still have to okay. talk about J. Jonah right. Jameson too. So. This, okay, then this is my last thing. The scene, the the right before he says, "I missed him a lot today." He's sitting there and just looking like, like really stupid, man. Well, he's crying. Dude. Yeah, yes, but he's he looks. Down. But that's my morning thing. in his room. Yes, but that's my thing. He can't sell that. I was laughing during. I that was sold, man. I, I didn't. I didn't. Because, like, I've been there before, man. I've been there. I've been, you know, sitting in my bed like... <laughs> yes! <laughs> but as an actor, I think you have to sell those scenes. And he... don't. I just don't think he can sell it. But that's just me personally. He doesn't sell them as much as... As good as some actors can, but I I think it works for yeah. the character he portrays and the, the kind of... I think that his... Alright, let's, let's relate it. Let's do... Um, his crying was as effective as... Kirsten Dunst, uh, as MJ was as a love interest. How about that? <laughs> I will agree with that. There we go. Then Same I, level. Same I level. agree with that. I it works in that. ways, and then it doesn't in others. So. Yes. We yeah. will come to some sort of. I mean, and I, I mean, you guys can. You guys, I, that's just me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because I didn't grow up with it, but that's just me. I don't think he can sell it as well as others can. Mm. But, I think that it completely fits where he is, like as as a person. As a as a fresh out of high school, you know, he's still a teenager. He's still figuring things out. He's he's not, you know, he, he puts himself in his room. He's hiding. He's not like, hmm. and he's, yeah, yeah. So, I will say this though: as much as I didn't like his crying, and that that's my one major nitpick with the movie, it makes it up by all of the performances by everyone else, mm -hmm. including. 
J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Let's get into the daily daily. 55 minutes and 57 seconds into this film. (laughs) We get J. Jonah Jameson. I forgot how how long it took him to introduce this main... I mean, I guess he's kind of a side character, I guess. He's a... He's like a foil. What do you call him Dude. a foil for Spider-Man? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you read the comics and if you watch the <laughs> 94 series, J. Jonah Jameson is a full-on villain. <laughs> yes. He's not just someone who... He's a menace. <laughs> yeah. And he really, like, rallies the troops of New York. Yep. And everyone in New York hates Spider-Man, too. That's a big change that they do in this movie also. So, uh, a couple things about his assistance real quick before we really dive into J.K. Simmons. Um... Hoffman, that's uh, the guy with the kind of hair, and he's always making suggestions. And he's, yeah, that guy, Ray, that's Ray, Ted Raimi. Yeah, yeah. It looks just like. Yeah, Sam I was Ray like, is it Sam Raimi? No, no. All right. Yeah. And then uh, there's Bill Nunn. That's uh, Joseph Robbie Robertson. That's the black guy. Mm-hmm. He was super cool. Love that guy. And then uh, we've got Elizabeth Banks in her first big role as the receptionist, Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also, they act, I didn't know this the first time or second time watching this, but they actually reference Eddie Brock in this movie. Oh, they yeah. did? I missed they, it. They reference Eddie, because he's like... I'll get Eddie on that. Yes, yeah. exactly, uh-huh. right. So maybe it's not an Eddie Brock reference, but I feel like he put that in there. Yeah, what other Eddie, yeah, Eddie Brock to, reference. It has to be. Yeah. But later you realize it's probably not the same Eddie Brock because uh, right. Eddie Brock's hired in that in Spider-Man Three. Exactly. So maybe they just kind of. I mean, it's a it's a throwaway. I mean, yeah. I didn't notice the first time I watched it, but I noticed it now. And also the reference to the mention of Kirk Connors, mm-hmm. who is his teacher, who eventually obviously becomes the Lizard. Yeah. All right. Here, I'll throw my critique out. Is those pictures, dude? <laughs> how did get them? How do they believe crap. them? How? First of all, how Super do you crap? How do you, crap. How do you, how do you, mega crap? How do you call mega those crap. crap? First of all, he was bluffing. He was bluffing. He was bluffing. How is no one like? How 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 did he get these? How do you get these right. pictures? That's my <laughs> thing. The most he was bluffing, man. Right. I think that's <laughs> he was what trying it, to get a lower price. Three hundred standard freelance fee. Yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, is there a better casting choice for any comic book character? Other than J. Jonah Jameson? He's, I mean, he is a constant uh, actor throughout the multiverse. We've seen this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Confirmed. Like, I mean, some that comes close are Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark. I mean, that's Hugh Jackman, really, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I, I don't... I, I actually disagree Patrick Stewart. That. What? Really? Hugh Jackman is tall. And um, in the comics, if, if we're going for comic book accuracy, I think Hugh Jackman misses it. That's not to say he's just absolutely amazing. We'll have plenty of time to talk about absolutely. Wolverine. Absolutely. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange. The, that one's really good. But this just nails home everything that the comic book character is mm. and translates it perfectly onto screen. And it's also, it fits perfectly well with the style of filmmaking that Sam Raimi does in Spider-Man. Like, he, it's, he's perfect for that. And he throws out... Like things left and right. I love his constant dialogue about his wife, about how she wants to buy. About how I she love wants that running gag. And they keep it going. It's great. I love how by the third movie, his desk is just full of medication. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. I will say this too: he also is not the worst character in the world 
Because when Green Goblin comes, yes. he's like, who's taking the pictures of Spider-Man? He's like, I don't know. They come in the mail. Like, <laughs> he, doesn't, Which, he doesn't have the most cruel hearts. If Goblin had looked at the corner of the newspaper, he would have saw Peter's name. Why wouldn't he do that? <laughs> Who can say? But Hey, plot hole, you know. We don't know if Green Goblin can read, though. You know? Is that confirmed that he can read? Uh, I assume he can. I would hope that Norman <laughs> He does read. use a keyboard. No, Norman can read, but No Way Home establishes they're different people. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, one thing real quick about Green Goblin. I noticed in the 4K copy, you're able to see his mouth so much clearer. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yes. actually, there's a lot of scenes where he's talking to Spider-Man. His mouth isn't moving under the mask. Yeah. Which kind of that's what That's what having it in 4K kind of brings to light. Yeah. Literally. Because... <laughs> They, it's, it's dubbed. I mean, I, and obviously it was dubbed, but this Yeah, I heard they had a really hard time recording his audio through the mask. So a lot of it's going to be ADR. Yeah. So. And that's, I mean, standard, I mean, everything now is ADR. I mean, most scenes are nowadays, but Mm. I don't know. J. Jonah Jameson is literally the greatest thing. I want to take us to one scene in this movie with the Green Goblin and when he traps Spider-Man. He's in this burning building. Oh, the burning building scene. <laughs> but he screams as oh, a yeah, lady like down. six times. I was laughing so hard. Perfect what, impression of a Oh, movie. yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's perfect because you're taken right into the action. They're sitting there and they're punching each other. It's great. And But I thought about it for a second. And <laughs> thinking about Goblin sitting there screaming like a woman is just hilarious. In a flaming building right. that Spider-Man may or may not come And then, and then when, when Spider-Man does show up, he's like, You're so predictable, Spider-Man. <laughs> I will say, though, the animation of him swinging through right into there, sick. Beautiful. All of the swinging anim- animations. Yep. Like, before he gets the final suit, it's kind of iffy. But after he gets the, the final suit, it's like spot on. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. And I will say, another one of the greatest shots in this movie is, I, I think it's in the trailer, um, when He's Goblin the trailer? has him. Yeah, I watched, they, they had it on my copy at home. Um, Goblin has the trolley and MJ. Mm. He lets him go, and you can see in Spider-Man's mask, each of them in the eyes. Yeah, that one's and awesome. It, it, like, that's, it's up there with when Spider-Man's standing in front of the Bugle TV in No mm. Way Home. Like, that shot is I think it might be also straight out of the comics in some way, not with MJ and the trolley, but like I'm sure there the are two images yeah. of these two things, and it also represents the biggest moral question in the movie: Who are you going to save? In all three of these movies, really, and who the, are you yeah, save? right, the trolley problem, right out of exactly. The, <laughs> I don't know. Same trolley seen. that's in No Way Home, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yep. When they're on the uh, on top Come of the bridge. On. What? Same trolley. No way! That's epic! Yeah, they threw in a bunch of those little things. I will say this, having the trolley problem presented and then Peter being able to solve it so easily is kind of like, alright, there, there was no way to that, but but he did choose the girl first. Spider-Man. Letting all the I mean, he's, he's smart. He's smart. They both fall at the same rate because of uh, <laughs> science. That's true. That's and true. he does have a longer... Uh, Grasp because the cable, you know. And th- <laughs> this is also the the first the first instance of New York banding together. That yes. is a huge theme in the, in these movies, yes, especially New, in two. New York is very much a character in these movies. I heard that it was because of like nine eleven because mm-hmm. this movie was right after nine eleven and it was. Like, it wasn't intentional, but they leained into. Yes, it. they leaned into. Actually, in the don't, isn't in the trailers. He's like, in the poster. He's there's off of one there's of the uh, trade a poster. That is very rare. It's worth like 200, 300 bucks. Really? Where 
twin towers can be seen in, in his eye. It's like oh, a close-up on, the, eye. on okay. the eye, and you can see the two towers in the skyline. Wow. Yeah, it's sick. Mm. Yeah, they so, had to re-edit that part of the movie, mm. not include him. But I got to say, like, <laughs> there's one part where Mary Jane gets dropped. He has to drop her, and she, like, catches onto the truck, like... She's got, oh yeah, I wrote Whoa. that down. She's Mega got, strength. You know, like, <laughs> strength. And she's Rib like, strength. she does like four three sixties. Also, also, no way you know those cables? That, those Gre- cables? Greasy as ever. They're greasy. They're, they can slice your hand open, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, it's not something you want to be hanging on to barehanded. <laughs> I just, I remember being like, yo, no way she's hanging on to that. That is crazy, man. <laughs> she's been working out her grip strength, dude. I guess like, so. I got a couple uh, couple fun references here that we uh, I want to run through real quick. There was a Superman reference. Yeah. He said, I'm not Superman or yes. Mary. And, of course, in the Unity Fair, you have the, the yep. ripping open the, the shirt. The Superman, yes. yep. Um, we got work was murder when Norman walks in. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and then when Peter walks in, he says, I had to beat an old lady <laughs> with a cane to get this. Because, because like, Gabby was uh, the old lady. The old right? lady. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are the only ones I got for now. But uh, and okay, I want to say my last note at the end. So if you guys have any other scenes, oh, you uh, Stanley cameo. Stanley first, does make a cameo. first movie with a cameo. Nope. No. Which no. one? Which one? X Men. Oh, X Men. Right. He's got he his cameo. In first movie, the cameo that you saw. Yeah, I missed the first one. Well, it's, in it. this one, it's also a blink and you'll miss it. I know. There's he does extended, get two shots though. He gets two shots. Yes, but there's actually like an extended scene, like where Stanley has actual dialogue and he says stuff, but they cut it for I don't know what reason. Mm. But he does make an appearance. So Stanley appearances. Mark that down for two now. Mm-hmm. So put that in the chart. Yeah. What other notes you guys have before I want to I want to say this last thing. I last. love um, Norman's anti-theme to with great power comes great responsibility with we are who we choose to be mm. i thought that line was very cold very nice the heart osborne dude yeah so i like every scene of this movie is just something's introduced here and something's introduced here but uh, yeah i just want to highlight the the norman in the mirror scene mm. i love that scene every time i see it willem defoe he just performs it so well. And the, the subtle thing they do is, in the mirror version, he has his tooth gap, his real-life tooth gap. But in the outside mirror version, um, the Norman, so Goblin has a tooth gap. Norman does Really? Yeah, he has like a prosthetic Come on! Tooth. This is so epic. I'm I learning so much that. about this movie. Yeah. Holy so. catfish. I gotta watch that again, man. It's just so good. Because yeah, you can you can compare it to the Smeagol stuff in Dang. Lord of the Rings, but who did it better, Andy Serkis or Willem Dafoe? I, <laughs> I mean, Andy Serkis did it. For they give Andy, Andy Serkis a lot a more time to I mean, do it. Yeah, we know that Andy Serkis did it. Uh-huh. Yeah. If Norman Osborn was given as much time as Andy Serkis was, maybe we would be a different competition. Do you have any uh, last tidbits before I go to the the final two questions I got here? Discussion um, questions. I just want to talk about the ending scene. Yes. And how perfect it is. Because you have the the just the perfect little tidbit at the end. She he finally gets the girl of his dream. Oh wait, we didn't even talk about the upside down kiss in the rain. 
<laughs> yeah. <Dude. laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Micah. Go ahead. All right, so... Uh, I've got something to say about that scene. You got something to say? Let me see yeah. what I wrote during the movie. I know, uh, I know that Tobey Maguire had a sinus infection because of it. Let's not forget about that scene. Um, why is Mary Jane not wearing a bra? And yeah. why is she wearing a dress that is, like, totally see-through in the... Because, like... <laughs> Uh, bro, come on! What yeah, what's going on there? I, I'm not saying that it was her fault. She was, you know, catcalled, but <laughs> like, dude, dude, at, at least she's got a coat on. At least, like, you know, right. it's cold out. Cover up. <laughs> like, yo, what's going on? You're trying to get like soaked with all the rain. Like, that's come on. Raimi. He's like, how can I make this scene? As so. iconic as I can. And I was like, so is this movie rated PG-13 or PG? Uh, PG-13. Is it PG-13? Yeah. All right, all right. So that makes a little bit more sense. Looking at him right now. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right there. You got it right in front of you. But I was like, yo, what? I like That like stood out to me more than anything else. When we watched oh. these first, it was kind of late. But the, when I was watching, I was like, well, that's a little strange choice, Sam. Other things <laughs> that stood out um, are, that are Sam Raimi's kind of touches are the horror elements. You guys notice the little jump scares and little uh-huh. little things? Especially with Goblin and uh, yep. Aunt May's uh, prayer oh by God. the bed. Deliverous! Finish it! Also, his Deliver. scene when he becomes the Green Goblin is also very horror element. Out am I! And then he like where he like, Back to formula! Back to formula, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Back to formula. Back to formula. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah, I also want to say that the scene where he's uh, sitting at the table and he's like, well, you can't do this to me. You know how much I sacrificed! I started this company! <laughs> like, dude, that is so brilliantly acted. Sorry, Norman. But why did they give him up so easily? Why did the board give him up like that just so that the other company can buy him out? Because he uh, was working on the Green Goblin stuff for so long. I guess so. super, with no results, super soldier right? Soldier serum. Yeah. yeah. With no results. So mm-hmm. they're like, you're wasting time. I guess so. And resource, and we can outbuy you and sell you out of your, mm-hmm. or get you out of your own mm-hmm. company. Okay. Any other scenes before we talk about the perfectness that is the ending? I want to, I have a discussion question about the last scene. Okay. Should, or do you have, do you have any other? No, I just okay. want, I just want to say that it's Should perfect. Should Peter have told, uh, Harry, about... His dad being Green Goblin. Mm. Because this point, if he told him, then the sequels would be completely different. Because mm-hmm. that is Harry's entire motive. But Norman's dying wish. Mm-hmm. Don't tell Harry. Don't tell Harry. Should you he respect him. Norman's final wish? Mm. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh-huh. And that is another power that he has. He holds this. It is his gift, his curse. Mm-hmm. I mean, in hindsight, you're like, of Listen. course, he should have told him. That his dad was Green Goblin and that he was Spider Man, all in that scene. Because mm. in hindsight, you know what happens. But in the moment, I think Peter made the choice that he. Th- I think he should have said something instead of just leaving Norman dead there, completely letting. But Harry then Harry would have known that he was Spider Man because he's in his outfit, you know. So may, you. Got, I mean, I think it makes for a more compelling story mm-hmm. if you don't tell him that. Yeah, but was it the morally person. correct decision? But was it the morally correct decision? I think I, I'll that... quote. Uh, I'll quote uh, Stranger Things: "Friends don't lie." Friends don't mm-hmm. lie. Yeah. So I think morally, he should have told him. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Micah? I I was playing out situations in my head, and I couldn't think of <laughs> one where Harry wouldn't. All right, so my dad still become. Uh, <laughs> 
the um, like I, I was playing out. Okay, if he told Harry that that it you know he died fighting Spider Man mm-hmm. and it was actually Norman's fault, it just I can't picture a situation where Harry would rationally think that it was Norman's fault. Mm-hmm. He would just wouldn't accept it. Yeah. So no matter what, I feel like he would become. Um, what's the the green guy? Go- it's not Goblin Two or whatever. Goblin Junior. New Goblin. The New, new Goblin. Is it just yeah, New Goblin? Is that what he called? Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Not Hobgoblin or anything. That no, would have made sense calling that, yet. but they called him New Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With a surfboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for three. So. Um, yep. Yeah, I I think that he could have, and that still would have been an interesting story. But to round off the first movie, I think they made the right choice. Yeah, it's it's so compelling, especially because after right after he says and reunites with Harry, and he's like, "You're my only friend, Pete. You're all I have left." Then he goes to Mary Jane, and he has to say, "I can only be a friend to you." He friend zones. He friend zones his crush. It's so it's my last note from the whole movie. MJ is friend zoned hard, <laughs> big time. <laughs> I can only be a friend to you. I think is what he says, but. That, then he goes away with those iconic lines. This is my blessing. This is my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. And then Danny Elfman's score rises uh-huh. perfectly. And you get, honestly, still holds up even to this day. The One of the coolest swinging scenes in all of Spider-Man history. So cool. Really great. Dude. It's, it's only so second good. to that one in Spider-Man 2. Like, or 3 even. Like Each yeah. movie has their, their swinging scene that is just outstanding. Yes. Yes, and I don't want to bring up the MCU, but I'm going to anyway. Those MCU films, the three Spider-Man, they like they need scenes like this. They're lacking. They're I'm lacking hoping that we those. see those though. We got no, a little taste. Were, oh, we're totally going to. We got a little taste at the end of No Way Home. Yeah, we did. So yeah, let's let's segue into how does this tie into the future MCU? Yep. This is the last Raimi movie we will see before Multiverse of Madness. Is it really? You've yes. timelined it. Okay. Yep. Watch. Yeah. Yep. We got. We have three weeks. So. Obviously, Sam Three weeks Raimi. to the day. Sam Raimi. Oh, wow. Sam Raimi directs Doctor Strange. Danny Elfman is back to score Doctor Strange. Tobey Maguire is now a character that has been introduced into the MCU. Do Through the multiverse. Him? Do we see him in multiverse of madness? It would only make sense. Like, I'd, I'd love... You gave him his spotlight in No Way Home. Now he can get a small cameo. Raimi yeah. has mentioned in interviews, he has said... I would love to revisit these characters. He, he said I would love for Spider-Man. He would yes. either yeah. he would either love to do Spider-Man 4 or love to do a movie with Tobey Maguire again. And so you can tell they're like they they have their certain dialogue in No Way Home like you know, it took us a while to get things together me and MJ, but it, it worked out in the end. Yeah. Like I need that movie. Like mm-hmm. make a movie about that. Maybe sending Norman Osborn. I, I don't know how that kind of all works the logic of it. I need I need that but, Spider-Verse uh Peter Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I need that to be Raimi versus Spider-Man because that would be so cool. Yeah. That's like the perfect timeline right there. Mm. Have we have we ever gotten a bad Spider-Man before? Like just straight up trash? Like a straight up bad Spider-Man. No, like not mo- not a bad Spider-Man movie because like they're definitely character? Like evil Spider-Man? Like, no, like, like, like a, no, no, like just a bad portrayal of Spider-Man. Like... I don't think we have. No, I don't think so. I think Andrew Garfield, for all his faults in his movies, he's still a great Spider-Man. Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire's a great Spider-Man. We'll get to those when we get to those. Oh, yeah. And I mean, No Way Home just solidifies that. that. But it also, like, it, especially this movie, 
it makes it better. This like, is and it builds on the character. This movie was so good that it kickstarted like all of Marvel cinematic history. Because next what next year comes Daredevil, right? Two thousand three. Yeah. Yeah. What what comes out in two thousand three? Daredevil. Uh, oh, two thousand three. We have X two, Hulk. Um, yeah, look at... I mean, there you go, right there. Those are your big three. That was the big three of the 2000s. Spider-Man, yeah. Wolverine, and Hulk. And all those were big within a year of each other. Don't forget Ghost Rider. A year Rider. or two years. I don't know. if um, we, <laughs> we might be able to forget about Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was 2007. That was more towards yeah, the Iron true. Man era. Yeah. So. But those three, they come out within a year or so. Yeah. And those are like the big three that carry Marvel until you obviously get to they the They come MCU, out within six months. And then you get the shift wow. to Iron Man, Thor, and Cap, which is more compelling in my opinion. <laughs> but the MCU is a whole different beast. Um, I this film is a monster. It is so good. I think it's the best movie we've seen so think. far. I know it's the best movie yeah, we've seen so down. far. Yeah, hands down. Okay. Speaking of, and are it, we ready for reviews or do you want to... And it is the best Spider-Man origin story we've ever seen. Oh, best... Live screen. Oh, yep. Yep, 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 yep. I totally agree with that. You could argue Into the Spider-Verse is an origin too, but... That's like that's not a Yeah, style. that's... For so, Peter Parker, I feel that this is... Better than Amazing Spider-Man 1. This is better than Homecoming because mm -hmm. we haven't really gotten an origin. No, maybe they maybe freshman the year. Maybe freshman year will be better. More but of an origin. It still won't be a movie. Yeah. Right. But yeah, do we want to... Do you want to give our scores? <sighs> Man, we, well, I okay, all right, hold on. Let's do favorite scene. Let's do favorite, favorite scene. scene. Okay. Favorite scene. For me, I think we... I already said it. It's with great power comes great responsibility. It's just so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think I need to explain myself... Just go watch the scene. You feel the emotion. It totally works. That's for me. Ethan, do you have a favorite scene? Do you have one? If you favorite need time, scene I got is, one. is the end scene. The ah, last scene. When he yeah. finally yep. gets a girl of his dreams, a girl he's always wanted. He but he has, with great power comes great responsibility. Yep. He has to make the choice, the right choice. It's and gift. what does he do? It's his curse. I'm Spider-Man. Dude. That, that's my favorite scene. Yep. Undoubtedly. I gotta we go may, with. We may, I mean, you can say the same scene. Mark. I gotta go with. You can have. Well, I was scene. gonna say that whole end sequence. You can have from, my scene from the, funeral, the moment. No, no, from the moment that they leave the bridge, because the bridge scene I feel was good, but not the best. I feel that that last fight scene was outstanding. I was blown away by how it rivals modern fight scenes and fight choreography. I loved it. I didn't notice any of the flaws that you were talking about. Okay, I agree with my kids. It's. I thought it was. It so blew me away yeah. how much, how well, and it the emotion today. behind every punch too. Yeah. is is yeah, just really good. It was like every single punch, every single thing with that. You can feel it was just as emotional as when Tom Holland Spider Man had the glider. It was that heavy. Oh, I yeah. felt that with every yeah. swing, every punch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that was my favorite scene. The end leading the into the that. Um, oh, well, that's, that's two scenes. Can't I know, I know. I, favorite. Yeah. So but I'll, no, I'll say no, that those, fight scene. That fight scene three, blew me away. Yeah, so. those three scenes are what really make this movie so great and what make it stand apart. And the wrestling Absolutely. scene. Do we have a... <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Do we have a least favorite scene in this movie? I gotta go with just when... Or maybe uh, a... Uh, an element of this movie, if you can't find a scene, an element of this movie that you don't like. The one that stuck out to me was um, when P 
Peter and MJ are meeting outside the diner. Hmm. Like, I feel like they could have condensed that into one scene. Because uh, he meets up with her outside the diner once, and then he meets up with her outside of a uh, theater after an audition. Hmm. And uh, I feel like they could have condensed that into one scene. But um, fun fact real quick, that Moondance Diner, that's the same diner in uh, Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield. Mm. Is it really? Yeah, so uh, that, that's how wow. that connects. The multiverse confirmed. Yeah, multiverse confirmed. So <laughs> Tick, Tick, Boom yeah, I, it's going to be a multiverse match. I, I, I could have seen that being shrunk down a little bit. Um, okay. Other than that, I can't really think of a, a scene that really rubbed me the wrong way or anything. Okay. Ethan, do you have a, something that rubs you the wrong way? Maybe a scene or an element of the movie? Uh, I don't know. It's so hard. I did come into this movie wanting to criticize it, and I tried taking everything from it, but it, I really do enjoy like almost every aspect of this film. But to critique something, I mean, I know this scene is so iconic, and it's everywhere, but the upside-down kiss is just, I think mm. it's so, it's weird to me. Yeah. It's weird. Mm. Would it be enjoyable even especially in the rain <laughs> well for for uh, you know for peter Parker, yeah, right. is, for sure <laughs> that's true although I although it does kind of portray uh... i thought it yeah i thought it was weird how uh mj hinted that she recognized the kiss at the end like she touched her lips she was like <gasps> like was that did i just kiss spider-man <laughs> i i don't think that's very believable <laughs> but especially I, it was upside down and it's just romance her. it's a romance thing hey this story, like any story worth telling, is all about a girl. So, oh, <laughs> it's, it's what he says at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's his opening monologue. <laughs> hey, hey, um, well, the scene that rubbed me the wrong way, um, is the scene where her, him and MJ are sitting down in the hospital, and he's explaining what he told Spider Man. Oh, I love that scene. I really don't like. That I scene. really like that scene. I really it, love that it, scene. It's so sweet for just Peter's character. Mm-hmm. He's like. He's doing his darndest, like as Peter Parker, yeah. not Tony McGuire. As Peter Parker, I think that he is trying his best right there. He is giving his all into that, into, you know, doing everything but confess his love for Mary Jane. Yeah, he he says everything but do that, but confess his love. Because she's like, well, what, does he talk about me? Does Spider-Man talk about me? And then he says all his feelings towards Mary Jane through the mask of Spider-Man. Because that's what Spider-Man is. It's his mask. Hmm. Yeah. That's what the point of the mask is. So I... I don't, I don't know, Ben. I don't know. <laughs> that's just me. That's yeah. my least favorite scene. Um, but obviously, this movie is absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm scared to give my score. Yeah, let's 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 give our scores. I'll go first. Because then. do I want to give it the score that I have in mind? Because there's so many movies. There is. There this is. is why. you you. So, I think I'll say this before. We have to separate, because this is obviously the best movie we've seen so far, but we have to look at it from a broad perspective and realize that, hey, listen, there are a lot more movies that we have to get through. Mm-hmm. It's like, a lot of how much that are better, better is it compared to our last good we movie? Also, I mean, and just think about the sequel to this movie. Spider-Man 2 is, is like, Question. Yeah. so really, really good. So... I'd like, to, I'd like to not adjust our scores. This is too. what I was thinking no, no, about yeah, last no. week. Yeah, When I rated Blade 2 where I rated Blade 2, and y'all were going so high with Blade 2. I don't, what did you put Blade 2 at? 7.6. 7. 7.6. 7.5. 7.5. So, yeah, that means Spider-Man has to be higher than that, and that means all the other stuff has to be higher than that. So but that's like, why. we still have 
I know, 3. I know. 3.7 points. Oh, no, no, listen, I stand by my Blade 2 oh, score. Oh, yeah, Blade, Blade That two. was awesome. <laughs> I'll go first with score then. All right. All right. All right. Let's hear it. This movie, 7.2. No, 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 not 2. 7.5. 7.5. You think it's point four better than Blade 2? 0.4 better than Blade 2. Wait, what did I say? 6.9. Nice. I s- Wait. You said 6.9 for Blade 2. I said 7.5, right? Nice. You, you said... 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, for this one? So yeah. it's 0.6, yeah. Okay. Okay. Seven and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's a solid rating. Do you have your score? Because I've got my score. I think I'm breaking eight. I'm breaking eight. Eight, eight on the dot. Eight point two. Eight point two. We'll give it a little higher. Mm, wow. But not quite eight point five because there are flaws. Got it. Wow. Okay. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. So I for for it to break the mm. nine echelon. Oh, no, listen, we're not talking about dude, nine. Yet, dude. nine <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know how. That'll no. be like. Nine is Infinity War, Spider Verse, Spider like, Two. Like. Spider, yeah, right. Like. This is not a nine. <laughs> like. All right. I'm giving it an 8.2. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm hesitant with that, though. I feel like it should be higher. All right. Well, let me give my score, and okay. then you can, because because we have until the end of this podcast to adjust our scores. Yeah. Once they're in, it's final. All right. Mm-hmm. We're doing this rewatch, man. This is good stuff. This is why I love doing it, man. I love giving the scores. I can't wait to see how it's gonna come out at the very end. I think at the end, when we finish everything, I'm gonna make a whole list. I mean, I'm already video, making a list. Of, no, like a video ranking everyone. Because, I mean, we'll do it throughout here and people will know. But we'll do a podcast. We'll, we'll just do a right podcast right discussing oh, our, our perfect. List. Done. That's the idea. Perfect. Um, but for me, this is definitely the best movie we've seen so far. It does not break eight for me. It's a 7.7. 7.7. 7. So 7.7. 2. 2.2 ahead of Blade from what I gave it a 7.5. You connect Blade 2. Um, you connect with every character so much in this movie. The origin story is excellent. I, it's not without its flaws, though. I think I I don't have the nostalgia of watching this as a kid. So I think scenes rub me the wrong way in a way that it doesn't to a lot of other people. And that is, that's on me. I wish I watched these movies as a kid. I really do. But I just watched it last year. So certain things rub me the wrong way. They really do. Um, and that's why it gets points taken away. But that's not to say that this isn't a really fantastic movie. And Tobey Maguire, for the most part, kills it. His supporting cast kills it. Willem Dafoe is the breakout star. He's my favorite character in this movie. And not the breakout star because he's already great, but just it also elevates it because No Way Home is out and this is the mm-hmm. first time watching it after that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a darn good movie, man. For and me with the with the CGI, yeah. we got the characters, we got the... It, I love this movie so much because it takes so many bold steps Bold first steps yeah. for the comic book genre. Mm-hmm. There have been no movies before this, especially in the Marvel. You don't timeline. get you don't get Spider Man in a black leather suit. Nuh-uh. Exactly. Yep. Nuh-uh. That's not till the third one. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there there are so many bold steps we have not seen an origin story in our Marvel movies mm-hmm. yet. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there have been DC movies. Batman, no. Have there Batman been, wasn't an origin story. Was there Batman a super, There was uh, Superman. Superman sixty whatever. The first Superman movie that yeah, at least had Krypton. We have not had. Oh, it could this be may this. be the correct first. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but yeah, this is this may be yeah. the first origin movie where it shows him getting his powers. It shows yeah. him 
it starts the cliche. Like it starts the stereotype of Ooh, these yeah, people getting that makes it even powers. More special. Well, what and really, seeing yeah. them like uh, awkwardly getting used yep. to them. Yep. What really elevates this movie for me as well, because music is the most important part of, part of a movie for mm-hmm. me, is Danny Elfman's score, mm-hmm. and that's why it's as high as it. Like that's why it breaks. I feel like you like this movie more than me, but I rated it higher than you did. Because mm-hmm. I mean, dude, Danny Elfman's score is. I also. It's so good. I think I'm more accurate with my scores anyway, but. Well, you well, uh, think you're more well, uh, accurate because it's your score. <laughs> For me, though, it's a 7.7. That's absolutely. I, did, I just know in hindsight I'm going to look back at all my scores and be, be pretty happy what I did. You don't <laughs> think we're going to do that? Not, now once we get further down the line, I don't think so. And then I, I knocked it down from, from a, a 9 or an 8.5 because um, to, Toby did have some parts where he wasn't, his pacing was off, his uh, emotion just wasn't entirely mm-hmm. there, yep. but it was very close. And if that's what they were doing to emulate – a senior or a just graduated high school student, I think that's spot on because man, it's an awkward team. That's just how they talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think he's perfect for the role. Um, but yeah, there are, there are, um, yeah, I think they spend not enough time in some parts. I think this movie could have been drawn out more. Uh, really took their time, uh, especially in those opening sections, mm-hmm. seventeen minutes in, right with Green Goblin. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then an hour in for J. Jonah. It Jameson. is like that aspect of it is very comic booky though. Yeah, very comic, comic books, They don't they don't take time to mm-hmm. let you know. Characters. And that's just something that we've we've learned to appreciate with newer movies like yeah. Snyder League, The Batman, No Way Home, <laughs> things like that. So we've we've. Did take... you say Snyder League? Snyder League. <laughs> I was throwing, no I was way. off by that too. No yeah. way. That is epic. <laughs> where okay, so where does that put us overall for a so? In last place, we've got... Uh, should I even do last place anymore? Let's do the... Top three. Let's do the last five we've done. Well, I yeah, mean, we're just, on four. This is... Or right, five, five. All right, yeah, so... This is five. Fifth place, we've got Howard the Duck. Yep. At 4.1, six repeating. We got Blade at 6.9. Nice. nice. And then we got X-Men at 6.9. Nice. nice. Three repeating. Nice. And then Blade 2 at 7.3 repeating. And then Spider-Man at an average of 7.8 mm. out of 10. Nice. Too much that water. is a good rating. Nice. That is a good rating. I like I, that. I will accept the 7.8. Yep. I like that. I will that. not fight that. That's that actually, that's actually uh, right around where I gave it. Yeah. So. What about uh, what about what does the internet think? Do you have a Rotten Tomato score? What does the internet IMDb think? is 7.4, I believe. 7.4, yes. but I, I would accept have, that score too. I yeah. do have the scores. Um, Spider-Man ranked 7.4. on audience score. So this was really shocking. Spider-Man ranked for audience score is the fourth it, at a 67. Blade 2, mm. Blade, and X-Men beat this. And this is the fans, guys. Yeah, This wow. is an audience Yeesh. score. So it's a little strange. But strange? if you're... Strange? Dr. Strange? <laughs> if you're going off of critics on Rotten Tomatoes, Spider-Man beats everything out at a 90%. And I think that's where this movie is strongest. When you look at it critically... And not really as a comic book movie. Because this is more than a comic book movie. This does more than what comic book movies do at that time. And it did a lot for the genre. It did a lot for the genre. A lot for the character even. Mm-hmm. It did a lot for everything. So I, I love what Sam Raimi did here. Yes. And if you like it or don't like it, if you are in my camp, leave your comments down below. Because I'd like to know that I'm not alone. But if you're like these two guys and the majority of the population who really just love these movies like no one else... Not saying I don't, because I really do, 
But leave your comments down below. I'd love to hear what you, uh, your personal history with Spider-Man because we know, uh, I mean, this is a really popular movie. Everyone's seen this. Next week, guys, be sure to tune in to our podcast where we will be discussing Daredevil. And this, if you'd like to watch it with us, it is on HBO Max. So check that out. Watch the director's cuts and be sure to also stay tuned to uh, the podcast. We're setting out Moon Knight reviews every week. So stay tuned for those. Ethan and Mike are doing an excellent job. Last bets. Are we going to see Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire? In Multiverse of Madness. I say Place it. your bets. Place your bets. You my got money's it? down. I want it. I, w I don't know if I realistically think it, but my money's down. I want to see it. So you want to see it? Yeah. Okay. I think we do see it. Yes. Okay. Sam, I mean, you don't bring in Sam Raimi after you part ways with Scott Derrickson. So I don't think, I he, think, I think he's definitely going to have a cameo. I think if not a cameo, uh, if, not a, if not a lead role in this movie, then he's either going to be a small cameo or he's going to be post credit scene. I don't think he'll have a lead role. Definitely not. No I way. I think so. No Way Home was his. Yeah. He got his due diligence yep. in that. So yeah. now fans can be happy with just a cameo from him mm -hmm. because they got a good, great movie in No Way Home. Okay. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I think that does it. We've certainly spent our time on this movie, and rightly so, because Spider-Man as a character, as a movie, everything like that, it's excellent. It's, it's the good stuff. It's where people want to watch. And so... Again, leave those comments down below. Subscribe to the YouTube. Rate follow us stars. on Spotify. Yes, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate Spotify. you guys sticking around for this long. Otherwise, this is Ben Rayside. This is Ethan. This is Micah. Signing off. We all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.